You are listening to episode four. How do you define success? Is it possible to grow too fast? We covered these topics and more in today's interview with Marty Ashcroft, CEO and founder of Glow Juicery Canada. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Okiki Podcast. And my name is Fian O'Brien. And today I have a special guest, Marnie Ashcroft. And she is the CEO and founder of Glow Juicery Canada. So I was very excited to do an interview with her. And I'm so happy to have her here today. So welcome, Marnie. Thank you so much. So honored to be able to talk with you today. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the honors uh mine equally. <laughs> I actually was able to check um, out an interview of yours you did with uh, CTV. And your daughter was even in it. And it was kind of cool to see how she's kind of into the whole uh, glow juicery lifestyle too. So I want to know um, more about you. Um, tell us about your career path and educational background and how did you kind of get here? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's nice that you've mentioned my daughter because I mean, I think a big part of this um, was ensuring that I was doing something that was in alignment to the values of our family. Um, and that really was one of the, the sort of driving forces behind this was providing access to nutrition options that um, I felt were safe and and plant based, and that was just my passion. But um, to tell you a little bit, I have uh, you know a bit of a diverse background. I don't think I landed here. No one would have imagined that this is the the place I would be. But um, I started out. I, I uh, did go to university. Um, my degree was specific to geography and soil sciences and stuff oh, wow. like that. Like nothing to do with food. I never even imagined that I would ever be in food and food retail specifically because, um, although I did have a passion, I put myself through school, uh, working in a shoe store Mm -hmm. and working in a cafe, but it was more of like, that was my side hustle. Like I knew how to do that thing and I was going to make money. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was brought up in a, in a family with a single mom and I knew that Mm -hmm. I had to be responsible for my own finances from a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just loved that. And I was good at selling stuff. I, I didn't mind that. That was great. Yeah. But I certainly did not work in restaurants. I didn't have any food experience at all. Wasn't even attracted to that. Wow. Um, and so uh, the place that it kind of, you know, what, what brought me there was um, more of a desire to bring something that I felt was missing mm. in the food landscape at that time. So six years ago, Hmm. there were far fewer plant-based restaurants in Alberta uh, and even in communities in Saskatchewan and and other places that we grew. Um, Really, there was nothing like what I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I'd gone traveling in the States, uh, you know, you go to California or you go to New York and there's juice bars everywhere. And I thought, (laughs) this is just crazy. Like, why don't we have something? 
Yeah, and, yeah. Right? So this idea kind of lands in you. And then it was that coupled with this thought that, you know, there's no healthy drive through. There's no healthy, like we would sometimes, I would take the kids. We'd, I had two little kids in the back of a minivan and you're driving between sports and activities. And I would think I have to pack a cooler full of food, or maybe we could do a McDonald's drive through and I can get apple slices. Like my kids actually think that's all you can get at McDonald's is apple slices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I would be like, okay, hi. Yeah. Can I have this, 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 but take out that and don't put in that. And where did you get from? And can you read me the ingredients? And, and like, no one wanted my car to pull up. Oh, totally. So, yeah. Right? And, and so I started thinking about what it might look like to add something to the food landscape that was like a really safe place where you'd walk in the door and the person behind the counter would actually say, well, how are you feeling today? Like, what do you mm-hmm. think your body needs? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you a little bit about the benefits of this ingredient almost like how I was raised with food. So I can't, I was born in BC. It was a really safe place. Yeah. And we had like, my parents made their own apple cider. Nice. Um, we did like all our own, you know, growing in our backyard or we like would trade with other, other families for stuff. Um, everything was really grown in that Valley that I was from. Mm-hmm. And so that was my perception of food. And then when you come to these big cities that are all across Canada that are just big box stores, it really changes the way that someone gets to interact with food. Um, and it changes your perception of, of food service. Yeah. So all those ideas start landing in you, right? And I think just like with any entrepreneur, any business owner, it's not like I had in my head, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Right. I actually, if people said that word to me at first, I was like, no, no, I own a business. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Like, that word sounds like a lot of accountability and I'm just trying to own a business over here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't in it for the glitz or the glam. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Social media. I mean, six years ago, Instagram was barely a thing. Right. Totally. There was, there was no hype. There was mm-hmm. just like, roll up those sleeves, get some hard work done. Mm-hmm. Right. Old fashioned way. So that was all that it was. And then a, a friend of mine, um, was diagnosed with cancer and her husband did some research and found that, uh, that juice therapy was going to be a really great part of facilitating her recovery. And so he actually had to quit his job so that he could juice for her because there was no, there was no access to that here. And, you know, to be clear on what juice does within the cancer therapy world. I mean, it's been around for a really long time and there's treatment centers in the U S and, um, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be raw unpasteurized juice. It can't be juice that's been sitting on a shelf. That's been pasteurized. All the enzymes, all the vitamins have been destroyed. So in order for your body to quick here, I'll just, you know, this to get this and to get all the vitamins out of this beautiful bottle of juice, you basically have to be a liquid untouched, unheated salad. Mm. And then your body takes all of that in and uses it for healing. But there were no, there were no options for them. And so that was when the final little, like, you know, the goosebump moment that you get where you're like, okay, girl, how much more info do you need before you decide to get in on this? Like, just yeah, go. Yes, totally. So that's what I did. I just, I just went for it. And I mean, I call it my best worst idea. Mm-hmm. Cause it was crazy and you don't know what kind of ride you're going to have. You don't yeah. You think to yourself, um, yeah, I'm just going to make like a couple juices. Like 
my neighbors might buy some and maybe I'll open a little store over here in this yoga studio. Um, but it, it definitely became something much bigger than that. Wow. Oh, that's so amazing. It's so cool to hear kind of like the arc of how you got there and how you actually kind of grew up, I guess, in this environment where that was accessible to you. And I totally get what you mean with the fast food. Um, I just came back from a trip from South Africa. And um, at first, when I was going with this group, uh, we were going to a lot of the fast food places. <laughs> After a couple of days, I was like, okay, hey, guys, I think I started to feel kind of gross, like maybe you should vary it up. And the thing over there is um, getting healthy food is actually quite affordable um, when you convert the Canadian dollar over. And so they had this cool store called Woolworths. And I don't know if you've heard of them already. Um, yeah. But yeah, they had all these like awesome, like cold pressed juices and different things. So I was like drinking that all the time. And you could just taste how different it was over there because it's just so much quicker for them to get access to the fruit people could grow avocados in their backyard so I kind of get what you're saying <laughs> yeah you feel different that's been one of the struggles I think in Canada so you know to take a model that does really really well in a in a place like California or Florida or you know parts of the world that have longer growing seasons and to transport oh. that to Canada um and especially I mean Edmonton is basically the Arctic for eight months. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> totally. like, and you're not going to escape that. That's our hemisphere. So, yes. um, so to, to transport an ideology and a concept of hmm. a bottle full of just plants, like we don't put anything else in this. This is pure, pure veggie and fruit. And it's a huge volume. It's three hmm. to five pounds going into this bottle. Right. And so for me, the first time we came on the scene and we were like, yeah, so here's the deal. You're going to pay $8 and 50 cents for this bottle. Mm -hmm. I mean, what had people paid for juice prior to that? $2? <laughs> yes. It was crazy. I, I knew that people were going to be like freaking <laughs> out. So we had to build a brand around it that showed them the value. I mean, we had so much educating to do. So that kind of guided that the fact that I had this disconnect in a price point and a really strong commitment to quality meant that we had to build a brand that resonated so deeply with people that they understood our conviction was on a level of health and wellness and that we really care about you um, and not a monetary, you know, decision. Like we really mm -hmm. did have to lean into that. Mm -hmm. So it's been challenging. I think that people make more money with juice companies in the States. Um, and you know, even on the West coast where you just have a longer growing season. Right. Um, but in the places that we've been, it's been really tricky. I mean, we opened in Prince Edward Island, uh, last summer and, um, it's just a very like seasonal opportunity there. Right. right. They get really rough, hard winter. Hmm. Yeah. So there's all kinds of, you know, dynamics, economic and social dynamics that we deal with across the country that, that really impact what we do. Definitely. And based on what you were saying before, too, um, you said you kind of entered this industry when it wasn't popular. And because I live in Saskatchewan, I totally get what you mean <laughs> about, you know, it's definitely more into like the meat. And like, that's not that there's anything wrong with that. But there's, you know, that's more of the thing here. And it's just kind of starting to become popular. And so, like, how, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you had Glow Juicery? And 
Um, what was the scariest moment on you launching this business and how did you have to overcome it? So, um, we've been around now for over six years. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew really, really, really fast, really early on. So it wasn't yeah. like, like I look at some stories of business owners and, and how brands have grown and they were like, yeah, we only had two locations for the first 10 to 15 years. And mm. then we suddenly grew and. I wish that that had been the case because <laughs> honest, it was so overwhelming hmm. to, be, to, ha- to know that you've come up with an idea that's unique is, is awesome. It's very rewarding. You're like, okay, people right. love this. This is new. We're right. doing new things. And, and that feels awesome because I like doing new things. I like being right. creative and, and being the first to market on an idea, I think was really, was really fun. Hmm. Um, the problem was, is there's no, there's no manual. There's nowhere to look around and say, okay, well, we're going to do it like that. There was nobody else I could really look to to help figure out this map. And then at the same time, we're getting people right away, right away within six months saying, I want to be part of your brand. I want a location in Kelowna. I want to open a location here. Oh my gosh. How fast will you help me with franchising? Like, and in retrospect, that's the scariest part. It wasn't, um, it wasn't initially launching. I was all confidence with that. It was when I had to take care of myself, put my own oxygen mask in my business on and be helping all of these new owners who were investing in me, helping them grow too. Very scary, very overwhelming. Um, lots of highs, lots of lows. And you just, you just, there's no one to do it, but you. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, that's, and only six years. I had figured you were around a lot longer because I did notice on your site you had several locations. So I thought, I mean, I know there's a business sort of similar in Saskatoon and I believe they have three locations, but it's all in Saskatchewan. But you were like in different provinces and they I think they've only been around for a couple of years as well. Um, so I was wondering, oh, she must have really established herself to <laughs> get that kind of reputation to um, be able to go across provinces like that. We just hustled so hard, but to develop locations in multiple provinces, like every province has their own health jurisdiction compliancy requirements. So every time we went to another province, we were learning everything from scratch. It was like, okay, here's building codes. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And I don't have any experience in franchising. I have experience in construction. Okay. But I had no experience in franchising. I had no experience in growing my own company. I'd worked in beautiful corporations where I got to learn lots of stuff, project management skills and things like that. But um, I was every single day reflecting on all the things I didn't know (laughs) and that I had to do that day. And and looking around to find, you know, we brought in a lot of talent as quick as possible, right? So we Mm -hmm. were like, okay, we need someone with really great sense around, uh, retail design. So we need someone to help us with retail design. We need somebody that can understand, um, you know, customer service models that are going to be easily duplicatable, right? So what does a front of house service model need to look like? What are backup efficiencies? Um, what does supply chain need to look like? What are some of the things we should control with trademarking and the brand? What are some things we don't need to worry about? So we hustled so hard. Um, the very tr- reality of that is it's not actually very fun. It's not very glamorous. And mm. I totally, I totally burned out after like three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I was so done. Wow. So, yeah. um, 
humans are only capable of so much in a day. And, right. and I've got two small kids. Like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, I mean, what was going to give was me, right? Mm-hmm. In that process. So that's the dark side of, of being a business owner is mm-hmm. sometimes you only have yourself. And if you can't replenish your own energy, if you can't get back and, and sleep well and and deal with, you know, the natural anxiety that comes with really high growth and, and high achievement, um, it, it can really take a toll. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that too. And that's partially why I wanted to do this podcast too, to hear people's journeys, because for me too, I'm just jumping into, um, uh, my my brand would be social media marketing and consulting, and I'm super new to it, but it's already felt like this. And so when you're in it, it feels like you're the only one going through it. It's hard to explain to people who aren't doing that as well. And you're like, am I alone in this? Is this normal? So it's always refreshing to hear from people who have experience and who are successful. Like this is actually a part of the journey and you actually have to learn to find that balance. Yeah, it is. I used to say to people, like, I feel like I'm bungee jumping every single day. <laughs> and wow. I'm not even an adrenaline junkie. Like that wasn't what I was trying to have. Right. <laughs> I was trying to have stability. I was trying to create balance and I was experiencing so many highs and so many lows and, and really high and really low. Like I was winning awards and on TV shows and Whoa. doing all this stuff while simultaneously, um, you know, experiencing some really major challenges personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, marriage, my marriage ended, uh, you know, about halfway through the, the, the time frame that I was building. Um, I was trying to be a really great mom, be present for them at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's the ride is something that you don't, you can't control sometimes. And, and I'm a control freak. So, mm-hmm. right. That just was unpleasant. Yeah. And it's funny as far as control freak, like, I feel like we all sort of are. So that's the part that, that always, um, yeah, I guess throws you off a bit. And yeah, you, you answered so many of my questions too. (laughs) I had a few about biggest obstacle. I feel like your whole story, you just kind of went into it. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess I have an extra one, but you kind of talked about it when you went into franchising, was that always your plan? Um, absolutely not. No, 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 no. My, you want to know my plan was I was going to open a really tiny juice bar and I was going to teach yoga or bar part-time. Okay. While while making like a couple of juices, having one employee. (laughs) Okay. So this was the result of the demand that led into this franchising. But I had no idea that we would be so well received. Wow. Wow. That, my natural sort of passion for this and, and my ability to connect and grow really nice relationships and, you know, community engagement and all the things that I, I've come to understand that I do well. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that that would lead to the volume, uh, you know, and, and what it became. And I don't, I don't have any regrets on it. I, I wish I'd slowed the pace a little bit. I wish I'd said no, you know, and I'm learning that now, I guess, Mm-hmm. You listen to a lot of people and I read a lot of books and I go to, you know, watch people talk about being an entrepreneur and, right. and I'm, really, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm like you, I'm really passionate about that, that field. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the human process of it. Yeah. And what I've come to understand is that I probably had some lessons to learn. And, um, sometimes those lessons, like they just hurt a little mm-hmm. bit too, because you're <laughs> supposed to really remember them. Like, Hey, don't forget this. <laughs> 
I'm going to show you again. So, yeah. uh, right. And, and so I've learned to create balance in my life. Um, my version of growing this business now is very, very, very different. I really slowed it down. I took my Mm -hmm. foot right off the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. Um, I needed to create a sense of, of self and purpose Hmm. that wasn't being driven by what other people wanted or how other people saw it. Hmm. Um, it's very, it's a very interesting process to go through. So, you know, the, the company has looked better, um, by the numbers before we had really great metrics in the business at different stages where it's like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Look at that. Look at that revenue. Look at that profit. Look at those number of locations. Look how many staff you have, but right. That wasn't rewarding to me. That didn't actually mm-hmm. have meaning. It, those were just numbers. Right. What has meaning to me is the stories we hear from our clients talking about how this has changed their life. Hmm. And, and the owners that are in my business now who care so, so much, so passionately, um, they know they're making a difference in their communities. Hmm. Um, just the look on my kids' faces when I'm able to be there for their sporting events and, right. and stuff because I, I can work from home. I can pick them up every day after school. Mm-hmm. I can make them really delicious meals. I can, I can do all that stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. But all of that sometimes looks like less on paper. Yeah. It's that holistic, um, what's it called? Yeah. Cause I, what you're kind of talking about it, I, I was, it was picking my brain as I was coming back from South Africa. I was actually there to do some work with nonprofit and I came back and I was thinking about what, how do you define success and that it is good to want things and, um, want to be successful and achieve goals. And, and that's amazing. And I think cause I'm on LinkedIn a lot lately. Sometimes there's these guys who are like, I go hard like every day, this, this, this. And, and I don't know. I I always wonder to myself, is there a point where you kind of get tired? (laughs) Like, and it's not like a lazy thing. Like, it's not like I don't want to be motivated. It's just that some of these people, like there's one guy, he's like, I wake up at 4am every single day because of this. And I just was wondering how long does that last? Like in terms of, I've been there, I've been in that hype. Like that is, that is a really and, and you, you are attracted to other people who feed that as the story that you should be telling too, right? Like you're all like, Ooh, yeah, we never sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's just not what I found was the place I wanted to spend a, a long time. Like it was fun to be there for a bit. And there is a fair amount of hustle required to get a business. It's like a rocket ship, right? Like you got to get it up and it takes a lot, but when it's up, you, you should move to a mode where you're just driving that thing. Right. Like you have to be constantly throwing all your fuel on the engines. They, they mm. should get there. And, and I think that's the stage of business that different people move through. And, um, I, I really like the stage that we're at. I feel like we've, you know, we've built infrastructure. I had to build a lot of infrastructure, a lot of technology. Um, we just launched a new website, our new website. Very, very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, really would love people to check it out and, and have a look. We're really trying to um, share a lot more education and become more of a lifestyle brand over time, mm-hmm. right? So we make products, but those products have a purpose and, and they're more tools, right? They're more tools that we present to people to, to use for healing um, or just nutrition access points in their life. It's, it's really not about the juice. It's really about the ingredients and, mm-hmm. and the connection that people have with healing in their own body. So, you know, if you look at a company in that way, it becomes much more expansive, much more interesting. Um, but I've got to keep myself 
pretty fresh to stay creative. Mm. And so that means focusing on joy and playfulness and sleep <laughs> and yeah. right and travel and vacations and and all of that and I'm unapologetic about it. I'm not going to make up a version of myself that isn't true. I I love that. I love balance. Um, I love hard work. I love being part of great teams. I'm on the board right now for a really wonderful nonprofit um, gala committee. We've established our own nonprofit organization at the Ronald McDonald House. It's called the Juice with Love Program. For three years, we've been making juice for the families there and heard some incredible stories of healing. And, you know, we're, we're part of really beautiful things, but none of that functions if, if I'm not okay. Right. That just, Mm -hmm. that just Mm -hmm. doesn't, that just doesn't jive. And so, yeah, so I've, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on what success looks like. And for me, success looks like happiness and, Mm -hmm. and then everybody's good. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And thanks for sharing that bit. And also I wanted to know, because you've been in it for six years now, you had such a rapid growth. Um, and now I'm noticing in recent times that organic food um, health is kind of more of a trend, I feel. Um, I don't know what you feel about that, but I definitely think (laughs) they say with millennials, right? Everyone's kind of into kombucha and all that. So (laughs) I guess we have to, we have to, and I don't really look at it as a trend. I look at it as um, we're evolving to a place where we understand. So there's just so much more research now about the way that the gut impacts your health overall. So, um, when I was in, I'll give you an example. When I was in university, I had quite bad skin and I would go to a dermatologist and the dermatologist would be like, well, you know, take these antibiotics or, um, this, 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 but they would never say to you, maybe you shouldn't have dairy, which is an inflammatory, or maybe you should, you know, look at your diet and reduce sugar or how much are you getting, you know, how much sleep are you getting? And It was all about treating the skin as only skin. It wasn't, no one was looking at your body holistically. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was brought up with, luckily for me, my mom, um, you know, we were, we really lived quite consciously when I was younger and she presented some ideas to me, but we now know that there is a separate um, nervous system that's connected to, to the gut. It's called the enteric nervous system Hmm. and it has its own mind and it has its own control. And 90% of serotonin is released from the gut. Like we don't enough about our body and the way food can influence emotions, health, wellness, the entire thing. Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening is more like an awakening or an understanding based on that connection between anecdotal information, right? Like people saying, well, this is how I feel when I have this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our food systems swung really, really far over to high process, high convenient foods. Really did, yeah. Right? Which is causing a lot of, um, I'm going to use the word disease, but really it's dis-ease within our own bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, All has roots in inflammation. So we know that people aren't feeling very well. We know that we've disconnected from real food in our urban communities. Mm -hmm. We've learned more about how the body can connect to food as part of a healing process. I think all of that has given rise to a really beautiful new 
opportunity for businesses to create sustainable plant-based um, restaurants, food delivery companies, everything. Like I love it. There's nothing that makes me happier. Mm. Um, I even love that there's other juice companies that have had the opportunity to grow because they're validating what I do. Right. I mean, if I was the only one doing it, people would be like, well, she's crazy. I don't know. She's, <laughs> she's on her own band. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right now yeah. It's like, Hey, no, that's a good idea. People are, are feeling good from it. Like it's, it, yeah. it's, a, so yes, there is a groundswell and, and it's for our own health. We have to do this. We have to take it back. There are too many people that are unwell and continually putting things in their bodies that, that aren't helping them heal. So yeah, I'm like, you just shouldn't even have asked me that question. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go off for days. But yeah. it's, it's time for us. We, we need yeah. to do Yeah, no, thank you. Because I was going to say, like, do you think it's too saturated or, but it's kind of from what you're saying, because of your why, and you just want people to be healthy, you'd rather have them have more access to that than just getting it from you. The world should be full, full, full. We should have plant-based cafes on every corner. We should have um, people drinking juice more than coffee. Like it, it could be a beautiful place where everyone chooses to put a healthy option in their body all the time. Hmm. If that revolution can occur, um, you will immediately see it in, in, in society. It will make, it'll impact our healthcare system. It'll impact everything. Hmm. And so that's my dream. That's the vision I hold is that I'm one of many we work together. We create different demands on our food systems. I mean, we don't have um, a lot of access to produce in the winter months, but no. what if all of us plant-based restaurants are like, hey, we need vertical growing. We need better greenhouse systems. We don't want to bring in cucumbers from California in right. January. Like, let's grow it. Yeah. So we will create that demand and it will change our entire food system. I mean, the new Canada Food Guide that was a big deal. That was a big, I actually probably am the only person who cried. I'm going to cry about it right now. <laughs> I was so happy to see that. I have to tell you, I was so happy to see that. And you know, I'm not coming from a place of ethical veganism. That's not what this is about. Mm. It's about giving the body tools to heal. And yeah. I think plants have the best, the most robust volume of vitamins and enzymes that can help people do that. So yeah. right? everything in moderation, but wouldn't that be a beautiful place to live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, it's funny you're talking about the new Canada Food Guide. I had been doing an eight-month contract with um, a company that dealt a lot with egg bioscience. So that was a huge topic when it came out. And uh, they were saying that actually it's it's a good opportunity because um, they were saying also that the world isn't having enough pulses and some countries they actually have more access to pulses. So kind of emphasizing that um, will encourage people to help those industries. So it's really interesting hearing your perspective on it too and, and how you look at it. You know, we could solve hunger issues with plants. Like, I mean, if the, the amount of resources it takes to grow an animal to feed, a, you know, somebody is far greater than a plant-based diet and a really diverse, beautiful, healthy plant-based diet will help far more humans. Right. And 
hunger causes war. Hunger causes societal issues that we deal with all the time. So, you know, I'm not going to rant too hard about it, but I do think that if we could all support a plant-based industry in some way, in our own small way, um, maybe just one extra meal a month that you, that you try to have that's plant-based, um, your body will feel better and, and your community will feel better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And, um, I, I was going to say too, what do you, when you entered this industry, you, you were talking about how you wanted to offer, uh, people the option of more, um, you know, healthy options for juices and the real thing. Um, how do you deal with those challenges being in, you know, like you said, you're, you're in the Arctic. So how do you actually make that work? Because I know Woolworths, it was so easy for them. It's like, oh, it's just two provinces away. We have fresh farms. California, let me tell you. Um, I make less money. I make less money. So we are really lean. So it places a lot of pressure. Like our margins in the winter months are very, very lean. It's very stressful and tricky. Hmm. We make a little bit more than, and I don't fluctuate. Like I'm not a grocery store where you walk in one day, avocado costs two, the next day it costs three. Like I don't have that option, right? We hold pricing on our product. So we communicate with our, with our clients about the price point that we establish. Mm -hmm. Um, we, but I, it's challenged me. Like I'm reaching out to lots of new, um, vertical growers and, and there's tons of things happening. Um, really cool stuff. I got to keep my ear to the ground on it. So all I do is try to remove barriers to success for the owners within my business mm-hmm. by keeping certain things low, um, and quality high. Right. So, we don't spend a ton of money on, on little frivolous things. We really lean into what's important. Hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, but we buy Canadian almost as much as we possibly can. We buy local as much wow. as we can. We encourage people to be part of um, like CSAs where we're buying farmer's produce before it even grows because we love them. Hmm. Um, we encourage, uh, we also take all of our pulp and it goes back into the earth. Wow. Uh, other organic farmers and for flower farmers and, and folks that are feed rescue animals. We've got some rescue animal centers that we support. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. cool, cool stuff. Cool stuff. So, um, all that's part of the passion of it. You, you become a part of this bigger ecosystem and you feel responsible to contribute in your best way. Hmm. Um, but basically our margins are just really lean. I, I don't sell processed food or processed meat and the margins are better in that, in that business. So, what initiatives did you uh, take to create your brand? Because I know you you said you had a very strong brand connection, networking, and your business literally just propelled <laughs> from there. So what kind of went into that? From the beginning, I knew that I needed to hire a brand strategy company. So I didn't do it myself and I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't bootstrap that. Like I was like, Hey, I got X amount of dollars and where I'm going to spend that is on a really strong brand Hmm. and a really good website from the beginning. Um, I had spent some time in it and I just, my gut just told me don't mess with that piece of it. Hmm. Uh, so from the minute we, so we had uh, a really great connection with a brand company. We've evolved away from them since then. And, um, but the company I work with now, my brand and marketing and social media strategy company that I work with now, mm-hmm. um, we've had a close relationship for many, many years Wow! and they like just breathe my brand. We don't, <laughs> even, 
Yeah. Like, well, once in a while I'll say something and she'll be like, okay, yeah, we can try that. That sounds new, but let's do that. Let's do that. I like to be, I like to be high creative, like idea generation is my responsibility. Um, execution is theirs. And, uh, together we find a really nice kind of meet in the middle spot where, uh, yeah, I feel like it resonates well, but that one thing I've learned about brand marketing, social media, it's like a constant science experiment. Oh yeah. Right. And like, just when you think you got it figured out an algorithm switches up over here or new rule about this, or sorry, no one's engaging with Facebook in that demographic anymore. Like you just can't (laughs) keep up. up. (laughs) So what we try to do, and this is kind of like my core, I guess, takeaway around that piece of it is we try to ensure that they have an online experience that's as similar as, as much as it can be to what you're going to experience in the store. So when you walk in my store, I want you to feel like you are so welcome to come in here today. Let's be curious together. You're not broken. You're on a journey. We're going to be part of that with you. That's the communication we try to establish around the brand. So it's fun. It's friendly. It's like a really good friend that just makes you eat tofu every once in a while. Cause she's like, no, you've got to try this tofu. It's so good. I promise. Right. Yeah. Or like here, here, this random piece of, you know, uh, spirulina. I promise. I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's who we are. We're, we're that, we're that version. And I just continually try to ensure that that's conveyed in a social media marketing setting so that Mm -hmm. people still feel connected and it feels authentic to me. Right. So kind of just keeping the brand strong as opposed to trying to keep up with all the changes and trends, just keep the story strong. (laughs) I don't, I don't look, I really stay in my lane. Um, I use my gut to kind of decide what direction we're going to go. Like today we had a marketing meeting and I was like, okay, I want to try this. I want to try this and I want to try this. And they're like, all right, let's give that a (laughs) shot. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to work. Right. I feel like it could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look at what my competitors are doing. Mm. Um, if something comes to my attention, if somebody's like, Hey, by the way, they're doing this and it looks kind of cool. And I'm like, okay, well, but let's make it our own. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, I stay in my lane and I keep my head down and I, I work, I stay as creative and happy and, and, you know, balanced as possible. So I come up with good stuff, but, um, the brand has to resonate, right? It has to be based on what I feel customers want from us and, and the gaps we've always been about filling a gap. So that's what we want to continue to do. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks so much for all that you've told us about. And I guess uh, my last question for you here is, what do you value the most about being an entrepreneur? Um, I think I value, it's funny, I didn't realize what I valued, but I sat down with a good friend the other day and we were doing our our usual venting of like, damn, this is hard. And (laughs) here's all the whys. We feel sorry for ourselves right now. And then she looked at me and was like, but like, could you imagine reporting to somebody else right now? And I was like, Ooh, no. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. Like going into work every day and you know, you're hustling for somebody else. And I'm like, you're right. I've gone too far. The autonomy. That's what I value. I value the autonomy. I value that I wake up and I set my day. Hmm. I'm accountable to me. If I let myself down, I know what that feels like. If I, if I get all my little marks checked off, I know what that feels like. Right. But economy, if that's your, if that's one of your core values, if that's one of the things that speaks to you, 
um, and you know that about yourself, um, it's not easy. I wouldn't recommend digging into it if it's not your thing, but <laughs> yeah. if that's what motivates you, then that's, this is what you got to do. You mm-hmm. got to build something and mm-hmm. you got to work as hard as you can and stand behind it. Right. Um, so I'd say that just very recently, as of last week, that's what I think I've started to define as my, my favorite, favorite part. Just the ability to have that freedom. Um, yeah, it's such freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Marnie. I have enjoyed every second of this interview. You've honestly given so much uh, insight and value. And uh, I just wanted to l- give you a chance. Is there any projects coming up or anything you'd like our audience to know? Yeah, I think it would be awesome if everybody would go to the website and just kind of check it out. We've got a lot of really beautiful products on there. Um, I'm really proud of of the collaboration. And, and you know, also check out our, our owners across the country. If you're ever traveling and, and you know, give us a little little Google search, see if we're in the, in your, in your way, because, um, each of our owners across Canada has done a beautiful job of, of making the brand their own. Wow. I'm not, they are all going to deliver a high quality product. That's, you know, similar. The juices will be the same, hmm. but they make their own beautiful food and they have their own wonderful staff and their own heart and commitment in the business. I'm so proud of that. So what I'd love people to do is this summer, as you're driving across this country, if you have a chance to go to a glow, please do so and and enjoy the experience. Awesome. Yeah. And your brand sounds super exciting too. Just hearing more about what it's about, um, the people involved and the different initiatives you're part of. So I'll be sure to list that uh, in the information with this podcast uh, for our audience members. And thanks so much again, Marnie, for being willing to do this interview. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much.